ditch religion, and they will receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Listen, if, if you're living from a place of religious ideas or religion, you're wasting a lot of your time. God's already paid the price. He says, boldly come before the throne of grace. Well, listen, you can't get any closer than that. Well, you actually can, because he also says that he lives inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, begin to believe God for great things. How many people know that God walks on streets of gold in heaven? How many know that there are pearl gates at heaven. How many people know there are mansions in heaven? Well, what kind of a God would have all that for himself and not make it available to everybody here on earth? I'm telling you, God, you, you could, I, I'd be happy to sit down, have, I don't drink coffee, but I'll drink a cup of tea with you. But we could sit down and I will show you scripture after scripture after scripture that there should be nothing missing, nothing broken in your life and that you should be able to walk freely. Actually, the Bible says overflowing out of your life. You should be a fountain of, of resources to every person you ever come in contact with. That's the will of God. Why, why would he create all this amazing stuff in the earth if he didn't want us to have it and to enjoy it? My goodness, we, we should be so on fire for God that we have so much resource that we just, we just pay this church off, okay? And we open like six more of them, and, and we just put a big sign out in the front, no religion allowed in Jesus' name. Praise God. Anybody who wants to be free, please come and take all you want. Receive all that God has for your life. So I believe that's what God wants to do. I believe that's what he is doing. I do believe that that's the reason that Jesus came, uh, so that we could be liberated from all the things that separate us from who God is and what he wants to bring into our lives. There's no limit to it. No limit. And if you go off the scripture that I read before I started on this whole tangent, you just believe, right? You pray for whatever. You believe for whatever. And you receive whatever. Whatever you will. Whatever you will. And if your heart's right with God and you're not living some religious experience, God will just bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you and bless you. I mean, he'll not only bless you, he'll bless your children. The Bible says you could become so blessed that your children's children's will lack nothing. Lack nothing. There's no lack of money. There's no lack of houses. There's no lack of cars. There's no lack of anything, especially in the United States of America. No lack of anything. The only thing that's lacking is prayer and belief. Take your prayer life to a whole nother level. Take your belief life to a whole nother level. Believe God for the unseen. I'm writing my book right now. I'm working on it every day. And the Marco Polo guys have been so kind as let me read little bits and pieces of it so they help, help me with a few things. But listen, what is your conscience? What is it? 
It's awareness of the unseen. Too many times, hear this, too many times we're, we're fixated in creating our, our mindset based on what we see when we don't realize what we see is only unique to that person. So, so you could be married to somebody and what that person experiences and what your spouse experiences, two completely different things. So you got to realize that whatever you're seeing in the natural is a direct result of your own thoughts and your own beliefs in creating that. And I got good news for you. Because you're, if, if you can just shift your mind onto something else, anything else, and that's what that scripture I read is talking about, shift your mind to something else, if you can create the circumstances you have today, then you can create any circumstances that you would ever wish in your life. Doesn't, it's not like flipping a switch. There's no magic potion. There, none of that. No. Whatever you're thinking about is going to direct your behavior. And whatever your behavior is, is going to create your world. It's that simple. But if we're not careful, we've already disqualified ourselves through our thinking and our beliefs from the very things that we would say, I want in my life. Pray, believe, and receive. Seed, time, and harvest. It's not, it's not seed and harvest. It's not, oh, I planted that, that check in, the, in, in for the parking lot, and praise the Lord, I, I need it back before the first of the month, or I'm not going to make my, you know, I'm believing God's going to, you know, well, listen, you know, maybe God will do that for you. Maybe he'll show himself strong. I mean, he, he parted the Red Sea, you know, right when they needed it. I mean, you couldn't get to the midnight hour any closer, right? So he, he can do things like that. But you know what I believe? I believe God wants to, to give you those experiences in the beginning of your salvation so you can see his power. But I believe he wants you to be a good steward going forward to create that in and of yourself because you've been created in the image and likeness of God. God will bless you. It, it, not will. i, I got to take that back. God has blessed you. And there isn't anybody that can take that away from you except you. Because you deny it in your thoughts and your feelings and your behaviors, which creates something else. If God created everything from nothing, guess what you're going to do? You're going to create everything in your world from nothing. Hand me your thoughts. They're not tangible. Your thoughts are not tangible. As a person thinks... So they will become. The Bible instructs us to renew our minds to the Word of God. The presence of God's strong in here right now. Strong. We have really got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Well, what is Christ? The Word. Remember, whatever you focus your consciousness on is what you're going to create in your life. 
begin to fact-check your thoughts. Because I promise you, if the, if, if the circumstances you're in right now are contrary to what you want or contrary to what God's Word says, all that means is you need to shift your thinking. Renew your mind. Oh, that's what the Bible says. And ask yourself. Do It's one thing to read it. It's one thing to religiously practice something. But do you believe it? If everything, if, if the whole bottom of your world fell out, would you still believe it? Would you still know it's true? Because in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were delivered from Egypt, but they got out and they started to want to go back. And I believe that's just a, exactly what I'm talking about right here, right now. Some of you are thinking, well, I'll just go back to the way things were. I just walk in my faith stuff is hard. This is unbelievable. Your, your flesh is going to throw a fit. Your mind is going to throw a fit. Whose thoughts do you think? Your thoughts. Whose feelings do you feel? Your feelings. Who's in control of your thoughts and your feelings? You are. Oh, no, God's in control. Listen. God's not going to come and, and do everything for you, and you don't believe it. That, that, that would make him a liar, and then, you know, he'd have to make something else up, and then you know, he, he can't lie. But on the flip side of that, if you pray, if you believe, you will receive. Grab a hold of that truth tonight. It's nothing to do with the message. It's time to receive our tithes and offerings. It's time to do the right thing. It's time to get this parking lot paid for. It's time to have breakthrough in our lives. It's time for miracles in our lives. It's time, it's time, it's time, it's time right now. And you could say, well, you know, I, 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 I don't know how I'm going to do that. And you know, again, it, or, I hear you, but I, I challenge you over the next several weeks or months Get it in your heart to believe what the Word of God says. The most difficult way for a human existence is to do it outside of the Word of God. Because once I'm in the Word of God, then I'm connected to what I was divinely created for. Right? And if I'm connected to what I'm divinely created for, watch out because it's divine. It's not me anymore. It's look out. Everything I put my hands to is going to prosper. Anything that I pray and believe for, God will give to me. It's hard to imagine from right where you're sitting that what I'm saying is true. But I'm telling you by the Spirit of God and by my own experience and my own testimony Every word that I'm speaking to you right now is actually more true than the circumstances you're facing right now. It's more true. You say, I don't know, I don't believe in all that. Listen, you don't have to believe in it for it to work because it's already working in your life. 
the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, the missing, the broken, all that, you got to raise your hand at some point and say, that's me. <laughs> There's only one person on the planet that's experiencing exactly this, and that's, that's this guy or that gal. It's just you. Grab a hold of that. Begin to focus your mind, your conscious mind, on the things above. You're here to bring heaven to earth. Jesus said, pray this way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Oh, look out. You're to bring heaven to earth. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. And I'm telling you, 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 you could struggle your whole life and say, Pastor Paul, I love you, man, but I, I, just, I just can't do it. No, you can do it. You, you can. God gave you a measure of faith. All you got to do is use it. Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight for this incredible opportunity to give. I thank you for blessing the hands of the sowers, Lord God, in accordance with your will and your word. It is so true, God. It is so true. It's as true as gravity. It's as true if I walked off a cliff, I'm going to fall to the ground. As I sow, as they sow, Father God, it is a law of reciprocity, and whatever they sow, they will reap. Give them the ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Give them the measure of faith, Lord God, to overcome every situation in their life. I thank you for everything you're doing in this church and in these people. Bless them, Father God. We hand this service over to you. We hand this church over to you. We hand over our lives to you. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. There we go. It's me again. Praise the Lord. <laughs> where's uh, Where's Lexi and Annabelle? Oh, they they went outside. Oh man, didn't they do great tonight? Oh, absolutely fantastic! I wish they were in here and I could bring them up here and make you all stand, and give them a standing ovation and everything else. Let them know after service how awesome they were. You know, uh, until you've had to stand up on the stage, usually everybody thinks that what you did was great and it was awesome and all that good stuff. But on the inside of yourself, you're going, oh, man, alive. I don't know if they, you know, you're, you're wringing your, your hands, you know, to think, God, you know, did that really work? And uh, I'll tell you, what they did tonight was absolutely fantastic. So make sure that they know about that. Hey, listen, if you're new in our church, uh, there's a connection card in the seat right in front of you. You can turn this into guest services right after service. They got a free gift for you back there as well. But uh, just uh, let us know you're here and let us know, uh, you know, if you're looking for a good church. Because if you're looking for a good church, our church says... 
Welcome home. Welcome home to your new church. We'd love to have you a part of what we're doing at Faith Builders Church. All right, so tonight is the last night of 1 Timothy. Uh, we're in chapter 6. There's only six chapters in the whole thing. We've done this, including this one, will be seven weeks. So remember, we did kind of the prelude. We talked about uh, uh, Saul, who, is, who became Paul, and, you know, the meanings of this, those names. You know, uh, Saul was the, the prayed-for one, the believed-for one, and Paul was small and humble. Small and humble. But I tell you, Saul became a ruthless killer. He was politically connected. He was religiously connected. And remember, when, when he would go, it, the news that he was coming would get to the Christians before he'd even get there. Paul is coming, or Saul is coming. Look out, because here he comes. And it's not like he tried to kill Christians. Christians died at the, his hands. And then, of course, we know that he had this incredible experience with God. God blinded him and the whole thing. And, and all of a sudden, he, he gets out of this thing, and he, he changes his own name. Remember that? We talked about that in the first week. You know, you had all these other people that God changed their name, Abram to, to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah and, and so on and so forth. Paul's the only guy that I can find that actually changed his own name. And the reason he did that was he knew that he needed to come out a brand new creation in Christ. And he could no longer be called what he was because just the name of Saul was already a notorious name as it related to him. He came out and said, no, from now on you will reference me as small and humble. Small and humble. Just so powerful. No matter what you've done, no matter who you've done it with, praise God, you can create yourself a brand new name. You can, you can be identified with something completely brand new in your life. That's what Christ is all about. So we got into perception deception, you remember? All of the perception that was deceiving so many people, all these people coming into the body of Christ with all their religion, right? And they're like, well, what about this? And what about that? And how about this? And blah, blah, blah. And Paul's just trying to tell Timothy, listen, don't listen to all that nonsense. It's going to waste your time. It's going to waste the effort of Christ and what he's accomplished. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Run them out of your church if you have to. That's what he said. So we got to remember that we, we, if just because we say it's true doesn't make it true. Amen? we got to go back to the Word of God, and particularly the New Testament. You've got to see yourself in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Anything less than that is needless suffering that's going to ensue all the days of your life. Some of us are afraid of Judgment Day. I've got news for you. Judgment's already happening everywhere in your life. And it's not like he's judging you as bad. He's just saying, listen, if you don't follow my laws, then you're subject to the, the world. That's just the way it is. I don't have that influence. The devil's still running the show there. I have influence through my word. And so, listen, anywhere you can adapt to the word of God, you're going to find your life start to change. But I'll tell you, even as the change occurs, even as the change occurs, you're going to be, I mean, the hardest thing on your flesh and your mind you've ever experienced in your entire life. 
if you really want to know what I'm talking about, don't allow any of the changes that are occurring in your life when you're really committed that way to deter you. I'm stronger than ever. You know, so many people, I've seen this. It's perception, deception. The bottom, the rug gets pulled out from underneath of them, and then you don't see them in church anymore. You ever been there? And it's like, oh, my goodness. Thank God that stupid rug got pulled out from underneath of you. It was wore out and had stains all over it, and it wasn't worth the ground it was set on. Thank God it's gone. That's all I had. Thank God. Get rid of that. It wasn't enough. It wasn't good enough. It, it, it never would have been good enough. But so many people, I tell you, when that rug gets pulled out, they, they run right back to the way they were, and they lose trust in God. They lose hope in God. They lose the belief in the prayers that they prayed that led them to the rug being pulled out from under them to get them to where God wants them to be. God's got a plan for you. And you've got to know, I mean, with great assurity that that plan is never going to fail. Ever. That's what the scripture was I was talking to you about. Pray, believe, receive. Well, okay, pray. God, I just pray right now that you bring the resources that I need in my life. And I, I just, I give you my whole life. Yeah, been there? Yeah, okay. I give you my whole life. I give you everything. God, I, I just, I'm tired of playing the games. I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I'm tired of doing it. God, please have your way in me, right? Fall asleep. Praise the Lord. All of a sudden, two weeks later, all hell seems to break loose in your life. And you go, oh my gosh, I prayed and I prayed that God would do something mighty in my life. Now look what's happened. Thank God that job is gone. Thank God it's gone. Whatever you've got to go through, just get on through it. Grab a hold of your cross. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to throw my cross down. I'm going to go to the other side of this thing. Don't be deceived. Amen? And don't allow other people who are deceived to speak into your life. Be discerned. Everybody be discerned, okay? Um, the next chapter, was we talked about the power of prayer. Man, it's incredible. He's telling Timothy, man, you ain't going to do this without prayer. You, your people ain't going to survive in Christ without prayer. Get them praying. Pray. Believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in, the, in your lives. Otherwise, you're just you're playing games. I can pray for you. Pastor Barb can pray for you. Anybody can pray for you. Are you praying for yourself? Are you praying for yourself? I've just seen so many people receive a miracle, but then they go back out into their world again. They go back to their old ways, and they lose it all. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do, put your foot down. Put faith out there, and that's enough. I'm not going that direction anymore in my life. I'm putting an end to this thing. I am. So many of us are so dependent. Well, you know, I just need God to take control. God's already in control. 
Don't ask him to take control. He's already in control. He is. But you've got to be willing to grab a hold of what he has for you. The kind of control that is full of love and grace and peace and kindness and joy. I mean, all the good stuff that you'd ever want in your life. You don't have to crawl, you know, through broken glass to get to God. He, he, he lives inside of you. Praise the Lord. Let him out. Let him out. Let him out. And let him do mighty works in your life. We talked about women in church too, didn't we? We talked about roles. And I tell you, without the woman, the man is incomplete. Completely. Ladies, I mean, come on. What would us men be doing every day without women? Even if you're single, guys, like you have no idea what women do in a day to make us just be able to, you know, take our clubs, grunt and... You know, you want to become something great? You want to become something great in the kingdom of God? Find a good, godly woman. Don't worry about how voluptuous she is or any of that stuff. You find a good, godly woman, and I promise you, you got a awesome, incredible thing. Those two coming together, man and woman, I tell you, no, no, no stronger force that I can think of than two people coming together like that, two becoming one. Remember, we talked about all the great patriarchs in the kingdom of God that were women. I named one right after the other. And so uh, we had a judge in the, in the Old Testament. She was a, a woman. Yeah, she was. A whole list of women that I read through that Paul referenced and said, you know, listen, go and thank her and her and her and her and her and her. And, oh, by the way, go thank that one guy over there, too. Praise the Lord. We also talked about the requirements for leadership in the church, right? If you want to be a leader in the church, just go back to what the fourth chapter of this book it tells you exactly what you need to do and listen you don't need anybody to promote you there god will promote you there you just got to follow the rules that's it follow the rules and you'll become a leader in the kingdom of god everybody is called to leadership in the kingdom everybody oh man thank you for those amens i love it oh praise god we talked about motivating spirits in the church. Oh, Pastor Paul, there's no motivating spirits in the church. Oh, yes, there is. And I tell you, if you don't know what they are, uh, you, you, you must know. I gave you seven of them. Very distinct. And I'm telling you, it, until you can realize, and it's not just the pastor, and it's not just the congregation. There's motivating spirits that have influence in the church and if we don't know what they are i'm telling you that they, they'll they'll keep the pastor running 24 7 doesn't even have time to hardly sit down and pray doesn't have hardly any time to sit down and prepare a message and just running from place to place to place to place to place playing the whack-a-mole game there is no such thing as that your pastor's here to equip you for the work of the ministry 
You should be the first person on the prayer chain. You should be the first person that says, hey, Pastor Barb, if you ever need anybody to go uh, over to these two hospitals, I live right there. You just tell me where to go, and I'll, I'll be over there, and I'll pray for them. You could do that. Oh, I don't know, Pastor Paul. I don't know if I could do that. Yes, you can. And yes, you should. Okay? And then last week we talked about widows. The rules about widows. Did you ever know there was rules about widows? Man, I almost got booed off stage last week. Emails coming in to the church, you know. What does that Pastor Paul think he is? I mean, picking on the widows. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm reading the Word of God so that you, the congregation, don't get uh, taken advantage of. Then you don't have enough money, or the church doesn't have enough money because they're doing stuff just because someone asked for it. And we're not going back to say, well, what does the Word of God say about this thing? You know, I don't have any problem with helping people if you want to help somebody. But at the same time, I want to follow the rules the best I can. Okay? All right. You all forgive me for last week? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, just hallelujah. All right. Let's get into this last chapter. Everybody ready? All right. So all slaves should be uh, show respect for their masters. So they will not bring shame on the name of God and His teaching. If the masters are believers, that's no excuse for being disrespectful. If your boss is a complete jerk, okay? Listen, you don't work for him or her. You work for God. Be faithful to Him. Be faithful to do the work. You know what? If you're asked to pick up a broom by God, you make sure that broom is used to its highest capacity. Praise the Lord. Well, what are you sweeping away over here for? Well, hey, I ran out of stuff to sweep. I just thought, you know, I'd pull this stuff out and sweep back here too. Yeah, everybody can call you a brown noser and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I am going to work as unto the Lord. If the masters are believers, that's no excuse for being disrespectful. Those slaves should work all the harder because their efforts are helping other believers who are well-loved. Now, I tell you, in the African-American culture, that scripture was misused. You talk about perception deception and how people were enslaved, put in horrible conditions because they read that scripture and said, oh, right there it is. We can enslave people. It's not talking about that. I would say that it's even going beyond just workers for the boss and all that. It's talking about in the church as well. In this day and age, for a man or a woman of God to submit to another man or woman of God for the purposes of discipleship is rare. I don't mean just at arm's length. I'm talking about close, close. And I'll tell you, 
time and time again, I've seen people as a part of the body of Christ, but they really missed the greatest opportunity they had. Jesus had what? He had 12 what? He had 12 disciples. How many people did he invite? Whole bunch of them. Come and sell all you got. Come and follow me. Well, let me go say goodbye to so-and-so. Oh, let me go take care of this. Oh, let me go take care of that. Oh, let me do this. Oh, let me do that. Oh, well, I got this to deal with right now. Oh, I got that to deal with right now. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. The greatest man to ever walk on the planet only had 12 disciples. Miracles, signs, wonders. I mean, like, unbelievable. Like, heck yeah, I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I just want to be with that guy. Twelve. Peter was, like, out of control. He, he, was, he was just full of zeal. Yeah, you know, all, all, all vinegar inside, you know. He go out and try to do all kinds of crazy stuff, cut people's ears off and, you know, deny that Jesus was the Son of God and who knows, you know, and had to die and all this stuff. I mean, just on and on this guy went. See, it's not about your zeal. It's not about your zeal. It's about discipleship. Of the 12 disciples, there was still one. Well, Peter denied him. Three times. I do not know the man. All 12 of them, when they went out to try to find him to get rid of them too, they were gone and nowhere to be seen. One of his disciples sold him out. Disciples are a rare find. I would encourage everybody in this room to be discipled. Give someone in the church who has authority in the church your sit down, shut up, and listen card. It will change you in ways you could never imagine. I'm not asking you to be a yes man or a yes woman or any of those kinds of things. No interest in that. No fruit in that. But I am saying that you should have somebody very close in your life that can minister to you and help you grow in areas that you can't grow without the experience of discipleship. And most of you right now, I'm, I'm talking over your head. I'm just talking over your head. You're like, I, I don't know what that means. I know. This is, in my opinion, <sighs> this is, in my opinion, the reason we don't see the demonstrations of the power of God in our communities. We see them in the church. We see them at crusades. We, we see them at church, churchy things. 
but we're not seeing it happen across outside at the 7-Eleven and at the Fry's and at the Safeway and, you know, at the uh, REI store and over at Target and you know, over in Costco and, you know, over at Dutch Brothers. And you know what I'm saying? If, if, if you're not aware of what's inside of you, and I'm telling you the fullness of Christ is in you, if you're not aware of what that is because you've never had the experiences of having to fight through something you would have otherwise chosen not to do, but because you're, you're being discipled, you're, you're going to do it. You're going to stand up and do it. Chad here at our church, um, he's become a disciple. This is someone, can I share? Someone walked in here drunk. Walked in here full of lies. Uh, got on our Marco Polo and lied to us about what it would happen after hours, and he'd be all beat up and all this stuff and blah blah blah, and you know had all this stuff going on in his world. No chance. Zero. Less than zero, probably. Probably had the desire to take his own life. But here's what I know. He fought. To become a disciple. It's just what he did. It's just what he did. Have I asked you to do some pretty hard things? You ever hung up the phone and go, who the heck does that guy think he is? Is it working? Discipleship works, guys. Let's move on. Teach these things, Timothy. Encourage everyone to obey them. Oh, obey. Oh, boy. Hallelujah. Got to obey what Timothy says now. Oh, man. Here we go. Some people may contradict our teaching. Oh, your teaching. Well, your teaching. Oh, well, it's Paul and Timothy. Well, it's their teaching. But these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. <laughs> here you got all these people coming in. They believe everything other than what they're teaching. And here this guy's saying, listen, you tell them. We got the answers here. You just tell them that. Yeah. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. You all know that guy. Knows every scripture in the Bible, but doesn't have the fruit of any of it. This stirs up arguments, ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause, uh-oh, trouble. Their minds are corrupt. They have turned their backs on the truth. To them... A show of godliness is just another way to get what they want. That is the opposite of discipleship. I believe Peter was justified in cutting that man's ear off in defense. I do. I, I, I believe it. But Jesus said, how dare you do that? How dare you say that? How dare you act that way? Hey, oh, by the way, buddy, you love me the most? Is that right? Hey, you're going to deny me three times. 
Oh, no, I'd never deny you, Lord. Oh, yes, you will. Imagine the lessons. Just how you would see life after that. And that's what I'm saying. You, you can go out and just work your way through life, or you can get discipled. You get touched by God. You, 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 can, you can become something that, I mean, will turn you inside out, ring you inside wrong. I mean, you, you'll look at, at that person that's discipling you and think, my God, who in the world does that person think he is? There's another gentleman at the church. He brought all kinds of people here. He shared the testimony. He's, he's grown into a man of God because of it. But he came in here with all these young people, and I, I, I saw him, and I saw the influence he had on these people, and I saw the influence that the church was having on the people that, that he brought. So guess what Pastor Paul does? I went up to him, and I said, listen to me. You have brought these people to this church, and it's my job to make sure that they stay here. And I, I confronted him. I confronted him. I put my foot down and I said, you know what? My job as a shepherd in this church is to make sure you don't drag these people back out of this church. Oh, my goodness. He turned three sheets of red. But you know what? He took that home. Holy Spirit convicted him, and he has never been the same again. I can tell you that there was a, another young gentleman that came to our church. Brought in a whole bunch of people that you know in our, in our church. I went to him and I said, listen to me. You have influence over these young men. And I said, I'm, I'm letting you know that, that these men belong in this church. And I'm telling you, your son, Victor, um, Kale, they're all in this ministry today as a result of that conversation. And that young man decided, I'm not going to be a disciple. And he's no longer here. God bless him. I love him. But at the same time, I can see the changes. You guys know Victor up here. You guys know Kale. You guys know uh, uh, Titus. And they were great men to begin with. And now all of a sudden, God's taking those guys to a whole new level. A whole, is your son gone to a whole new level? Do you believe coming to this church? Absolutely. His son, I mean, he grew up in ministry and the whole thing. His mom and dad are the best parents you could ever have. But you know what? There came a time. Listen, there came a time, didn't there, when Titus had to become the man of God God called him to become. That's what the Bible says. You've got to cut those coat strings off, man. You've got to let them fly. You've got to trust that, you know what, the, that we've put the fear and the admonition of the Lord in that boy. And you know what? Doesn't matter how far he drifts one way or the other. Praise the Lord. The winds are going to blow him right back to the center of God's will. And he will. And he does. It says, yet true godliness with contentment. Praise God. I'm content. Praise God. I'm content with, you know, what Pastor Paul said to me. All right, I can take it. I, I can do it. Is itself great wealth. I'm going to tell you a secret. There, listen, I wouldn't care how much physical wealth you had. I, I wouldn't care. It is nothing compared to the internal equity 
that you will build in yourself through discipleship. No one will ever be able to take another doggone thing from you ever again. You become so strong in God. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable experience. And you don't get discipled overnight. It's a whole lifetime of discipleship, guys. Listen, somebody's got to have the, the ability to come to you and say, I see this in your life. It's not going to work out for you. You know, give it up, cash it in, and go another way. You got to do it. You just got to do it. Otherwise, you'll get into problems and the circumstances. You throw it all in. You throw the towel in, and then you're starting right from square one again. And then you build your life up so high, and you can't go any higher, and you wonder, why can't I get any higher? And then you lose it all again. And you live this up and down life all these years when God wants to liberate you from all of it. He, 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 he absolutely does want to and will liberate you through discipleship. After all, we brought nothing into this uh, with us when we came into the world. We can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. If you have enough to get by, be content. Doesn't mean that's where you're going to stay. God wants to take you from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. So don't get frustrated when the rug gets pulled out of underneath of you when you prayed and you believed and it starts to happen and all of a sudden the circumstances are different than what they were. You've got no point of reference to how to relate to it anymore. Learn from the experience. You'll develop the point of reference. You'll get through to the other side. And then you'll look back and go, my goodness, oh my gosh, I came so close to quitting. I came so close to giving up. And you know what? Praise the Lord. I didn't make it by a mile this time. I made it by the, the hair on my chinny chin chin, but I made it. The same result. Doesn't matter, guys, whether you make it by a mile or you make it by the hair of your chin. The result is the same. And when you come out of it that way, I promise you, you you'll never thirst in that area of your life again. You will never, ever thirst in that area of your life again. But people who long to be rich fall into, into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. That's the problem over and over and over. It's like Groundhog Day every, you know, two or three years or whatever your cycle is, you know, and it's just like, oh my goodness, here we go again. You need to get discipled. For the love of money, not money. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. If you think money is evil, just give me all your evil. Praise the Lord. I'll take it. Praise the Lord. We'll, I mean, put it in the most beautiful parking lot you've ever seen. Brand new lights, man. Maybe we'll paint the building and put a new roof on with all your money as well. It says, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Remember, this is the year of miracles, and this is the year to get the things that money cannot, cannot buy. Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and, oh, wow, perfect. Anybody want a perfect life? Praise the Lord. You've got one in Christ. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things uh, God works for the good to those who love him, 
Those who've been called according to His purpose. 2 Corinthians 12, 8-10. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. This is Paul talking. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power is made best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness. When the rug gets pulled out from underneath of me, praise the Lord, that rug is finally gone. I'm going to get me a brand new rug. Praise the Lord. And in the insults, in the hardships, in the persecutions, in the troubles. And when Pastor Paul tells you stuff that you don't want to hear, you, yeah. That I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Not that I speak from what I want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live on top of Camelback Mountain. Praise the Lord. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the, what does it say? The secret of being filled and going hungry, both having abundance and suffering, uh, suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some of you have crossed off the word can and put in the word can't. And listen, whatever word you put in there by your thoughts and your words and your actions, whatever word you're putting in there, you're right. You are right. Man, God's got so much in store for us. It says, but you, Timothy, you can put your own name in there, are a man or a woman of God. God said that. Usually if you come up for prayer for me, I pray over you as a man or a woman of God. I call forth that one. I want to talk to that part of you. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith and love. Oh, and the, that big long word with the P. Oh, man, perseverance. Oh, i got to be gentle with Pastor Paul. Oh, my gosh. It says fight the good fight of faith. Uh, well, it actually says fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. Hold tightly to the life God has called you to. Which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God. Pastor Paul charges all of you before God. Who gives life to all of us. And before Christ Jesus who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate. That you obey this command without any excuses. No excuses. Then no one can find fault with you. From now until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. For at just the right time, praise the Lord, it's the time. It's the time to get the things that money cannot buy. It's the time for miracles, right? For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. He alone can never die. He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All all honor and power to Him forever. Amen. 
It says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in their good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Now listen, if you're generous to give to the needs of others, that means you've got a lot already. By doing this, they will be storing up treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. You will reap what you sow in this life and in the life to come. Timothy, guard what God has entrusted you. All of you people, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by allowing such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. That means His favor be with you all. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. That is it for First Timothy. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you implied it to your life. I hope that you bear much fruit out of the words that Paul had for his disciple, Timothy. I can't imagine that Paul knew that we'd be reading his words 2,000 years today. He was just in the trenches. He was just doing the works of God. He didn't know that this was going to become the word of God. Just begin to think about how you could be discipled. How the works that you could do to grow and mature yourself could go on and on and on and on as a legacy of your life and how it keeps touching people over and over and over again. Oh, I remember. I remember so-and-so. Oh, I remember so-and-so. Oh, they prayed for me. Oh, I got healed when they prayed for me. When you walked in that room, you could have had the worst day of your entire life. But you showed up when God needed you the most, and you touched that person's life. Awesome stuff. Everybody bow your heads for a moment. I just want to make sure everybody's heart is right with the Christ that I'm talking about tonight. If you need to get your life right with Christ, you need to raise your hand right now. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hallelujah. I see these hands. This is your opportunity. Just get it right with Christ. Just lift your hand. Hallelujah. Everybody go ahead and put your hands back down. We're going to say this prayer together. We're going to get it right with God. Amen. We're all going to say it together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Make me righteous. Make me like you. I open my life to receive all that you have and all that you are. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. Eyes open, looking around. I tell you, find someone you can connect with. Get discipled. Go find someone that's been walking, I mean, the true faith for decades. Grab a hold of that person. Commit your life to that person. Open your life. Get, I mean, pursue them. Pursue them. Make room for yourself with those people. Ask them to meet you for a cup of coffee. Ask them, you know, treat them to a lunch, you know, whatever it means to you. But don't let it go. Continue to be discipled, and I promise you, God will move on your life. So, hey guys, uh, this Sunday, let's make sure we bring some people with us. That's your first. That, that's Pastor Paul discipling you right now. Go get somebody and bring they butts to church. Listen, somebody invited you. Somebody had the guts to do it. You can develop the guts to do it as well. So God bless you. We'll see you all on Sunday. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Uh, Marrieds is this Friday over at Pastor Ginger's house. Um, so get registered for that, too. There's a way on Facebook, I think. Yeah, so just go on Facebook and say, I'm going to be there. Okay? God bless you.